Well, the title of my message this morning is Living the Abundant Life. John 10.10 tells us that Jesus came to give us life, that we may have an abundant life, abundant life in Christ. Victory Church, as our mission statement is, helping people to discover and experience the abundant life in Christ. Helping people to discover Jesus and then to experience the abundant life that He came to give us. His purpose. So I'll be sharing with that with you in just a few minutes. I think there's sometimes a lot of misunderstanding about the abundant life in Christ. I want to share a story with you. It's a true story, something I experienced a few years ago. It was a day I was in the office here at the church, and my office at that time, the window looked out at the parking lot. And into the parking lot drove a great big old model Lincoln Continental, blue in color. I can still see it. Back in the day when those Lincolns looked like small ships floating down the road. And the door opened out, got a very large man, and he came into the foyer. I met him in the foyer. And we started talking, and I asked him what we could do for him. And he shared his story, and he was wondering if there's any way we could help with some gasoline to get him down the road. <clears throat> he didn't have any money, and he needed to keep going. So he revisited a little while, and we started talking about his faith, and he was sharing that he was a believer, and telling me about his church, his home church. I believe it was in Missouri. And he even gave me the church phone number and said, hey, would you like to call my pastor? Check this out. <clears throat> well, not that I really needed to check it out, but I thought, sure, I'll try and call his pastor. And uh, maybe, of course, but in either case, nobody answered the phone at the church. But we went uptown and got him a tank of gas. And as he was filling his tank the gas station owner came up to me and said, uh, Mike, this is the same guy who came and you did this for him last summer. It's the same guy. I said, really? You think so? He said, I'm positive. Well, the guy came in and he says, is there any chance I could get a quart of oil? I said, sure, get a quart of oil. That's fine. And then as he's getting the quart of oil, he says, uh, is there any chance you could help me with a little bit of food? I don't have any money to buy food. So I said, of course, we'll get you some food. So he went out to his car, he opened his trunk to put the quart of oil in the trunk, and there was about another half dozen quarts of oil full sitting in his trunk, but I thought, whatever. And we went over to the, the grocery store, and Ballatin had a grocery store at that time, and went into the grocery store, and he knew exactly what he wanted to get, things that would travel well and could keep more than one day. And I just kind of gave him a, a dollar amount to try to stay under. And as he started shopping, the grocery store owner came up to me, and guess what she said? Mike, you bought this guy food last year, the last summer, same guy. And I'm thinking, okay. I didn't remember, but okay. So we got all through, we bought his groceries, we went out to his car, he put his groceries in the car, and he's thanking me, and I said to him, glad we could be of help. But my understanding is you were here last year. We did the same thing. I would suggest you leave us off your route next year. And he looked at me kind of like, you know, when a child gets their, get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. And he says, you know, I thought this town looked a little familiar to me. You know, when things like that happen, 
you can almost feel like, boy, did this guy sell me a bill of goods. He told me all these things that I really might feel taken advantage of here. It's easy to sometimes get skeptical. If you allow that skepticism to creep in, anytime anybody comes and they need help, you've got to push that skepticism down. I think a lot of people have that same mindset of skepticism when it comes to hearing about an abundant life in Christ. For whatever reason. Maybe there's unmet expectations because someone really gave bad teaching or maybe they didn't quite understand the teaching. They didn't understand what an abundant life in Christ really was. Sometimes it may have even been a real well-meaning Christian who was excited to be sharing their faith with someone and they made becoming a Christian sound like we're going to all be walking on a pleasant walk through the clouds every day the rest of our life. And uh, Most of us have experienced the fact that uh, that's not true. Um, it just doesn't always happen that way. The reality is, if we're not careful, people, faith becomes weakened. They become disillusioned in the Christian life. Or maybe even worse yet, they become bitter towards God because their expectations aren't in alignment with what they're really experiencing. You know, when you think about it, who doesn't want to live a life filled with joy and filled with contentment? I know I sure do, and I think most of us do. The problem is, and I think we can all attest to this, that many times life gives us a real kick in the gut. And it's not pleasant, whatever the circumstances are. But you know what? The Scripture we're looking at today is our title Scripture. is still the same. The Word of God is still true, irregardless of our circumstances. No matter what's going on around us, Jesus told us, he said, that I came that we may have life, that we may have eternal life, and that may we have it abundantly, an abundant life, and that the life that's being talked about here is the Zoe life, this life filled with blessing. And the word abundant really means superabundant, overflowing life. That's what Jesus said himself that he came to do, to give us the abundant life in Christ. And it's true no matter what our circumstances. Now we know He came also to give us eternal life. He gave us life, period. In John chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, verse 16, I know most all of you are very familiar with, but I want to read those scriptures to you. And this morning I'm going to be sharing quite a few scriptures, but more often than not, I'm just going to give where it's found in the Bible and not the whole scripture. On the, on the television. So I encourage you to be writing some things down. In John chapter 3, verse 14, it starts out, The Son of Man must be lifted up. He must be crucified. He must die for our sins. And it says that everyone who believes, everyone who believes, in other words, eternal life is available to all. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you've done. He says that eternal life, everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. And then John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes, there it is again, whosoever, implying anyone and everyone who believes, will not perish, but will have eternal life. 
What an amazing promise. We talk about a promise keeper. What an amazing promise that is. Some people are under the misconception that God's going to send some people to hell. That's just not true. Eternal life is available to all who choose to believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's a choice where we spend eternity. All have eternal life. And I say that because not everyone has the abundant life. Not everyone lives the, the abundant life in Christ. We all have eternal life if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but we do not all have the abundant life. Which would beg the question, why not? Why not? And that's what we're going to be looking at in just a little bit. We all have eternal life. And I want to stress this morning, as wonderful as that is, it's the ultimate, obviously. It is the ultimate. But that's for us in the future. We will experience the fullness of that eternal life in God's presence. But we're still living in the here and now on earth, and that's where the abundant life comes in. I want to share with you what the abundant life is not. Because I think there's so much confusion. And again, bad teaching, misunderstanding, I don't know. But when you look at this list, from the world's point of view, they may use these things to define an abundant life. But abundant life in Christ is not wealth. It's not about how big your savings account, your checking account, or your portfolio is. There's nothing wrong with wealth, but in and of itself, that is not the abundant life in Christ. Neither is fame. Becoming famous. We may look at sports stars and movie stars and wealthy people and all these things we see on TV and think, man, they have the abundant life. Not necessarily. These things do not in and of themselves make the abundant life in Christ. Nor does the big house. doesn't matter how big or small your house is. Nor does being a world traveler mean you've got the abundant life. By the world's standards, as I said, they may say yes. But by God's standard, not necessarily. Again, hear me. I'm not saying any of this is bad. I'm just saying that's not how God defines the abundant life in Christ. And if we define it that way, we're going to miss out on the abundant life. Many, 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 many Christians, most Christians, don't have a lot of wealth. They are not famous. They don't live in big homes. They haven't traveled the world. And yet they are experiencing the abundant life in Christ. So the key is to understanding what it is. So we're going to look at the abundant life. Now if you look at it from a worldly sense, if you're going to look at it and focus right here, you could see to live this kind of life, if that's the abundant life in Christ, it would take an abundance of resources. The reality is, to live the abundant life in Christ also takes an abundant of, abundance of resources. And we have a limitless resource in the person of Jesus Christ. In the person of Jesus Christ, there is no limitation on His resources to give us the abundant life that He came and died for. What an amazing truth and an amazing promise. So the question is, is not, are the resources there? Is God able to give it? The question is, how do we tap into those resources? How do we connect to the source, Jesus? Well, connecting with Jesus, first of all, is the salvation message, the gospel message. 
acknowledging we're sinners, need a Savior, and Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came to earth and died for our sins and paid the price. And we accept that gift and surrender our life to Him. We are connected. But I'm going to share with you some points this morning. And ultimately, I'm going to share six. But I want to start by sharing this. The most important thing that we need to do is tap into the source. Jesus is the source of the abundant life in Christ. I mean, we describe it as the abundant life in Jesus. So if we are not tapped into the source, if we are not connected to the source, in other words, no unbeliever can live the abundant life. They can't do it. It's impossible. They may look good on the outside, but the abundant life of Christ is not present and is not available to them. We need to be tapped into our resource, Christ. And tapping into Him, John chapter 15, verses 1, and I'm going to read 4 and 5, probably very familiar scripture to many of you. It's about the vine and the branches. Jesus says, I am the true vine. I am the source of all nutrients. I am the source. I am the source of all your resources. I am the true vine, and my Father Himself is the gardener. Remain in me. In other words, remain connected. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I am in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now when you read through those verses, you think, a little repetitive there. You're the vine, we're the branches. We need to remain. You know why it's so repetitive? Because it's that important. It is the critical truth to living the abundant life in Christ. Jesus is the vine. We abide in Him. We stay connected to Him. And then we bear the fruit of the abundant life in Christ. A real simple formula that can be very difficult to carry out. We need to abide in Him. And in, in God's eyes, the abundant life in Christ is supposed to be the normal, normal Christian life. It's not this unique, special Christian life just for an elite few. It's supposed to be the normal Christian life for all who believe in Jesus Christ. I, I, I pray that you hear me clearly what I'm going to say next. If we're not living the Christian life, the abundant life, we are living the fleshly life. It's like either or. You know, we can be Christians and still live in a worldly way. Live a fleshly life. How do I define a fleshly life? Listen to me here. A fleshly life is a life that's controlled by circumstance. And it leads to defeat. That's the fleshly life. Then the opposite of that is the abundant life. In the abundant life, we are led by the Holy Spirit. And it leads to victory over sin. See the difference? See what I'm saying? There's an abundant life. And and sadly, there is a fleshly life. There is a carnal life that we as Christians can actually live. And obviously, Jesus wants us to choose to live the abundant life. So there's a responsibility there for us when we're talking about the abundant life in Christ. Now, I'm going to spend the remainder of my time talking about six 
characteristics, if you would, or six attributes of the abundant life in Christ. These are six things that are demonstrated in a person living the abundant life. Or you could look at these. These are three of the things that we need to do or the things that are required to really experience and walk out the abundant life in Christ. The first one is this. It's a yielded life. A yielded life in Christ. When we talk about a yielded life, it's a difficult life. It's a challenge. Yielded life means it's a surrendered life. Man, this is hard for human beings to do. We want to be in control. We want to be the one to determine outcomes. And the first attribute or characteristic of a real abundant life in Christ is a life that is yielded. In Romans 6, chapter 10, Romans 6, verse 10, I'm going to read, starting in verse 10 through 13. The death he died, Jesus, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. The life that he lives, he's living to God. It's yielded to the Father. And he says, in the same way, as Jesus yielded his life to the Father's will, we are to yield our lives in the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God. Rather offer yourselves to God. Yield yourselves to God. Surrender yourself to God. Let Him control your life instead of you control your life. Surrender yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and and offer the parts of your body to Him as righteousness, instruments of righteousness. You know, we are never going to experience the abundant life in Christ unless we make the choice and the decision to yield our lives to God. And the amazing thing is, the moment we yield our lives to God, He releases the grace in our life to accomplish it and begin to live the abundant life in Christ. We need to remember, salvation is a gift given by grace through faith. I mean, it's free. He did all the work. We open our hearts and we receive it. However, lordship is a different matter. Jesus desires to be our Savior and our Lord. Lordship requires yieldedness from us. Really, that's what this means. Abundant life is a life where we recognize the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is not only our Savior because of the work of the cross, His death, burial, and resurrection. He is also our Lord of our life. And we surrender to Him. Why do most Christians, well, let's say it this way, why do many Christians not experience the abundant life in Christ? We need to yield to Him or we're going to yield to temptation in our lives, the temptation of sin. It's a choice that each one of us have to make for ourselves. The yielded life. Number two, point number two, the characteristic number two, an abundant life is a life that is a life of service. We need to serve God, to serve God and to serve others. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Offer your bodies, your life, 
holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We need to live a yielded life, and we need to live a life of service. To serve the Lord Jesus. Jesus was the example for us of a life of service. His entire life, he came to serve. God in the flesh came to serve mankind. We need to follow his example and serve. The abundant life, a life of service. Really, again, you can see the difficulty. Yieldness is hard because we want to be in control. Service is hard because by nature, the sinful nature of man, we're selfish. But we're called to serve. And in that service, the abundant life of Christ becomes more of a reality. Number three, the abundant life is a separated life. A separated life. Separated unto Christ, unto God. When we look at a separated life, I want to read Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. This is what we're talking about. None of us come to Christ because of our own effort and accord. He is calling us. He is wooing each one of us. And He gives us a grace to receive the invitation. He calls us and He has a purpose. Just like the Apostle Paul was called to be an apostle, you and I have been called to be followers of Jesus Christ for His glory. We are to be separated from the world. We are of the world, we're from, but we're not in the world. We are not like the world. We need to be different from the world. The world is not our friend. The world is actually our mission field. We're to love those that are in the world but realizing they are different from us, we are called and set apart. And that, again, releases the abundant life of Christ in us. We can't let sin reign in any part of our life whatsoever. We are called to serve Him in every way. Number four, the abundant life is a Spirit-led life. You maybe figured this one out by now. Abundant life. A Spirit-filled, a Spirit-led life. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, most of us understand that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, indwells every one of us as a believer. We get the whole Holy Spirit. We don't just get part of the Holy Spirit. We get the Holy Spirit in us. When we, the moment of salvation. And then we believe that there's a second event that takes place sometime after that moment of salvation where we can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to empower us to walk out the life that God's called us to, to empower us to share the gospel, to be to, the Holy Spirit leading us and empowering us Being led by the Spirit is the Spirit-filled life. It is being led by the Spirit that really releases the abundant life of Christ in each one of us. 
In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, in the New American Version, it says, do not quench the Spirit. The NIV puts it a little, little differently, a little bit clearer picture for us in our minds. It says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Now, when you think about a fire, a fire can be extinguished or it can be caused to burn more intensely. We can allow things to extinguish the fire, throwing water on it, sand on it, whatever, or removing the fuel. We want to increase the intensity of the fire. We can add fuel to the fire. To be led by the Holy Spirit, we need to be filled continually by the Holy Spirit. We need to do those things that allow the Holy Spirit to intensify in us, not quenching it. We need to live lives in obedience to the Holy Spirit, being led and walking by the Spirit. In 2 Timothy 1.6, you may remember when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said to Timothy, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan into the flame the gift of the Holy Spirit has given you. Exercise it. Put it to work. Do the things that are necessary that the gift and the Holy Spirit will lead and guide and direct you in your life into the abundant life of Christ. Number five, the abundant life is a mature life. A mature life. Now again, I'm not trying to make anybody feel like they're not adequate, but we all know when we first enter the kingdom of God, we are baby Christians. And sometimes, sadly, we stay baby Christians because we don't learn and understand and study the Word of God. The abundant life is called to be a mature life. We are supposed to mature in our faith. We are supposed to grow in our faith. We are supposed to allow the Holy Spirit to take the things that we do and bring life to it. We need to be reading the Word of God, learning the Word of God. We need to be developing that intimacy through prayer with the Father. We need to be doing these things so that we mature in our walk. In Hebrews 5, starting at verse 12, It says these words, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Church, brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to get off the milk. We need to be in the Word of God, getting the solid food of God's Word, that the Holy Spirit has this in us to work with in us to help us, to gain wisdom, to gain understanding, to gain knowledge. It says, anyone who lives on milks, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. In other words, believe it or not, they don't even understand some of the things that are right and wrong because they've not spent time growing in their faith and maturing in their walk. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish what? Good from evil. I, I'm sure by now you're, you're seeing this truth come through all of these things that when we allow sin in our life and we're not led by the Spirit, in other words, we're led by the flesh, the world around us is influencing us, it squelches the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the abundant life is not going to flow through us. But when we are led by the Spirit, the Spirit always leads us into obedience, always leads us to fulfill the word of the, 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 the desires and the will of the Father. And we let the abundant life be released in us. I also want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. Paul is, with love, he's admonishing the church in Corinth. Brothers and sisters, by now we should have grown past these foundational truths into the greater things of God and building our faith, maturing, so we would better be able to understand the difference between the world and the spiritual. He goes on and says, Mere infants of Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you're not ready for it. Indeed, you're still not ready. You are still worldly. Paul is telling them, though you're believers, you've not matured. You're still living like the world. The abundant life is a mature life. And number six, my last point is this. And again, hear me on this. Hear my heart on this. The abundant life should look like God. Now, believe it or not, I'm not trying to spread heresy. Should look like God. We're not going to become gods, but it should look like God. Let me explain what I mean by that. In Galatians 5, verse 22, Scripture again, many are familiar with, It says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit of God. The fruit of the Spirit. And really, when we boil this all down, here's what the abundant life looks like. This is what part of God's divine nature looks like. God is love. He is joy. He is peace, patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And obviously, He is self-controlled. We need to have a life that looks like His. These need to be... Put it in maybe a contemporary terms. When we receive the Holy Spirit in us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, it's the fruit of God, God the Spirit. The fruit is in us. And what the Holy Spirit desires to do in each one of us is upload it, if you would, into our very soul and personality. So in our soul and personality, we exhibit these divine attributes naturally. And the abundant life is naturally flowing out of us because the Holy Spirit, because of our cooperation with the Holy Spirit, our listening to the Holy Spirit, because we have matured, because we've yielded our lives, because we've surrendered to God, because of all these things, this fruit becomes part of us. Part of us. And the abundant life flows out of us because it lives in us. The abundant life of Christ. That is abundant living. That's abundant living. This is what we want to see in the life of every Christian. The abundant life of Christ. That we would be demonstrating Jesus. That we would even be demonstrating the Father to the world around us. Because the abundant life of Christ is in us and coming from us. 
If our lives model the characteristics of the world, the abundant life of Christ is not going to be experienced by us. It's not possible. You cannot live the abundant life. The abundant life comes down to choosing God's life for us. Choosing His best by focusing on Jesus, being faithful to Jesus, by growing spiritually, serving Him and others faithfully as the Holy Spirit leads us, and beginning to be more consistent in walking out our faith in Christ. Status. Status in life does not matter. The abundant life in Christ is not about our status in any way, shape, or form. It's available to all. Reality is, as Christians, we are all on our way to heaven. Why not enjoy the journey? Why not experience the abundant life in Christ right now on earth today? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed as Christians, as sons and daughters adopted into Your family because of Jesus, what He has done on the cross through His death, burial, and resurrection. Father, that the Holy Spirit does live and dwell in each one of us. And God, all the attributes of the Holy Spirit are in us and they're there. Father, give us grace, we pray. Give us faith and grace to surrender ourselves more fully to You. God, that we would truly make You Lord of our life. That we would hear Your voice. And the grace to be obedient would be there and we would respond quickly. Father, that our lives would not only be an amazing blessing for each one of us, but it would be like an alarm to the world that this is what's available through Christ even today. That we might walk in love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. God, that we would allow the fruit to be who we are. That you'd be glorified in it. I invite you to worship with us now wherever you're at as we sing this closing song.